0: Over the last eight years of my life, I have prayed that beautiful prayer that we just heard, those words of Mary the Magnificat, every evening. It's in the breviary for evening prayer. And these words, over the last eight years, have produced much fruit for me and has stirred my heart. And as I was reading them for the first time as a priest, proclaiming it in the gospel, it's brought tears to my eyes. And how beautiful it is that we celebrate the feast of. The assumption of our lady and it's not just a regular feast no it is a solemnity and on the ranking of feast the solemnity is the highest rank on the liturgical calendar and not only is it solemnity but it's a holy day of obligation normally in the church and we must ask ourselves why then have we given this particular event in the life of the blessed virgin mary such a place of honor. In fact, such a place of honor that today there was the great Eucharistic procession in honor of Our Lady of the Fete de Tesh, led by Father Champagne and the community of Jesus crucified with many lining the banks of the Bayou Tesh and many on the waters, all in honor of Our Lord and Our Lady on this day. The answer is because Mary is the pattern of the church. And for those who sow or those who build things, you know that the pattern is the blueprint. It is that by which the finished product is judged. And thus, this particular event, that of Our Lady's Assumption, teaches us deep truths about the nature of the church. The foundations of Christ's kingdom are laid, but he has not yet finished building it up he is still extending its borders and gathering more and more people into it. And this is the work of the church militant, the church on earth, we, the church, to build up Christ's kingdom, to bring more and more people into his friendship so that they follow him and find the meaning their lives are meant to have. But what will happen at the end of history What will the church become when the years of building reach their completion? One of the important lessons of today's solemnity is precisely the answer to that question. Christians have always seen the Blessed Virgin Mary as an image of the whole church. Mary brought the baby Jesus into the world on the first Christmas, took care of him as he grew into manhood, and accompanied him as he fulfilled his mission on earth. The church as a whole has a similar relationship with the mystical body of Christ. With every Christian, the members of that body, the Church continually brings Christ into the world through her many works of charity and apostolate, and especially through bringing more Christians into the world via baptism. And with her teaching and sacraments, the Church cares for and accompanies her members as they grow into maturity and carry out their particular missions. And so just as God assumed Mary into heaven body and soul at the end of her earthly mission, so God will lift the entire church into perfect communion with himself in heaven at the end of history, at that of the resurrection of the dead and the end of the world. Mary's assumption then is God's promise to us. It's a foreshadowing of the things to come, of the great reality that we all strive to enter into. Every Christian who follows Mary's path of humility and fidelity to God's will can look forward to following her into the glories and joys of heaven. Now it's important for us to remember this bigger picture, the goal, the end where the church is slowly always marching towards. That's one of the reasons the church celebrates the assumption so solemnly. The church wants our faith to be big, strong, and robust like Mary's. It wants us to remember that God is powerful and magnificent and that he does wonderful things in, through, and for those people who really trust him as Mary did. There's a story that illustrates the importance of remembering the big picture that our faith paints for us. Two men went fishing. One man was a very experienced fisherman and the other wasn't. Every time the experienced fisherman caught a big fish, he put it in his ice chest to keep it fresh. However, the inexperienced fisherman, when he caught a big fish, he'd throw it back. And the experienced fisherman watched him do this all day with big fish after big fish after big fish. And he finally got so frustrated at the inexperienced fisherman wasting good fish. He asked, why do you keep throwing back all the big fish you catch? And the inexperienced fisherman replied, I only have a small frying pan. Sometimes, like that fisherman, we throw back the big plans, big dreams, big ideas, and big opportunities that God sends us because our faith is too small. Now, we all laugh at the fisherman who didn't figure out that all he needed was a bigger frying pan. Yet, how ready are we to increase the size of our faith, to increase the frying pan of our own hearts, for what God is asking of us, what he's offering for us, those opportunities. God has big hopes for us, assumption-sized hopes. Seeing how his hopes for the Blessed Virgin Mary were so wonderfully fulfilled should help increase our own faith. It should stretch out that frying pan of our heart. And as the angel Gabriel said to Mary long before her glorious assumption, nothing is impossible to God, and that's from Luke one thirty seven. One of the practical repercussions of this truth is given special attention by today's particular liturgical prayers. In the preface to the Eucharistic prayer for today's solemnity, the priest prays, today the Virgin Mother of God was taken up into heaven to be the beginning and pattern of the church in its perfection and a sign of hope and comfort for your people on their pilgrim way. Why is it a sign of hope and comfort this, that of the Assumption? It's because earth is not heaven. Our lives here are full of doubts, difficulties, sufferings, and pain. Our efforts to follow Christ face obstacle after obstacle, and we don't always understand why God doesn't fix things. We are traveling through life in the midst of problems, troubles, and frustrations, and we can't see the way out and very much makes me think of that of the Salve Regina, the Hail Holy Queen, to turn her eyes to us as we move through that valley of tears that is this life. This is our life in a fallen world, and our faith in Christ, it doesn't take away the cross. It didn't take away the cross from Mary's life. It didn't take away the cross from the lives of the saints. But it does show us that the first Christian, the mother of all Christians was snatched up into heaven at the end of her earthly journey. When we lift our gaze to her, standing at the right hand of our Lord, as the psalm tells us, we are given the assurance that our God is faithful and that he keeps his word and his promises. If we stay true to him, he will be true to us. And so Mary's assumption gives us comfort and hope as we stumble through life's hardships, enabling us to persevere through our trials, as she did. As she, with her heart of the seven sufferings, as many of us have a devotion to, those seven wounds, those seven swords that pierce her heart, as she witnessed the death of her son, she has joy, for she saw the resurrection. She saw her son resurrected and raised to the right hand of the Father should give us hope even when we encounter the sufferings, the troubles, the swords that pierce our own hearts. Today, as we receive Mary's Son again in Holy Communion, let's enjoy this comfort and this hope and rest assured that they are not an illusion, but the everlasting truth. O most blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us.